Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Asian Unfiltered from a different lens. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Asian Unfiltered. But before I start the show, I'd like to thank my sponsor, Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is actually where you can find everything from NBA, hockey, the UFC, NFL, all things sports, all the matchups, all the prop bets. You can find it there on Bet Online. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Just visit the website today or use your mobile device and join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, go over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Kenyon Martin said that uh, Jeremy Lin just wants to be black after finding out that uh, Jeremy Lin wanted to dread his hair up. So in this case, how, how did you guys take in the reaction to Kenyon Martin calling um, Jeremy Lin a wannabe black dude? Uh, this is just another story that was left off his documentary, Linsanity. <laughs> because uh, to see uh, everything that Jeremy Lin has had to deal with in his life, I mean, like, the fact that this is a dude that, like, uh, was considered at one point as top-tiered as John Wall in high school, but then the reason why he didn't get the same, like, opportunities to go to a college like John Wall, like the reason why he had to go to Ivy League school like Harvard is because look at his ethnicity and look at John Wall's ethnicity. Look at the fact that after he had a huge game one night with the New York Knicks, uh, Jason Whitlock decided to tweet out something where it's like, oh, some lucky girl's going to get four inches of uh, of pain tonight. Like oh. it, It's like this. It's the funny thing of him being Asian in a black sport where he's always had to have this hypocrisy. And I honestly think this is something that has been like, he's been in the league for a long time. And now that he has his haircut, this is something where like, he's obviously taking on a new toll of like, Oh, well you're not appropriated. You're not the same skin. You're not like us. You're not wanted. Who said that? No, I'm just saying that's like the another, that's another demeanor to it. That's like, just anyone in the league. Yeah, I can see that. And 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 the ironic thing too is is how, you know, how expressive and how much room they have to express meaning the the NBA players uh whether it's politics or social or, or whatever it, whatever it may be, personal. They 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 are granted that you know they they they've been given that freedom by by the league to to do that and uh for them or at least some of the, of the community to 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 go at Jeremy like that i it it's kind of it's really counterproductive um i i totally i totally feel him i totally feel you know what you know growing up for me i had curly hair um and my cousin was like, he used to cut my hair, and he's just like, dude, just curl. He like curled it one day, like you're not curled it, but he just kind of accentuated the curliness of it. 
and then he cut the sides and then you know whatever and then i got a compliment from a girl and i'll and then she's that's like it. oh you know that's it i'm keeping it i'm just i'm just keeping it you know and that was like eighth grade going into ninth grade and then you know i, I played i played basketball in, in high school and, and then so uh we're playing against a, a predominantly black school uh black private school and, and you know I, I, I was pretty good i was okay um and there, I remember another girl kind of asking me from from there was a balcony over over the the gym, and she's like, "Hey, are you half black?" And I wanted to say like, <laughs> you know, there was a time where you, you know where like especially Filipinos too, because I knew a lot of black a lot of Filipino girls that would try to claim that they were half black or you know black and Hawaiian or something like that, and only from the Filipino. waist down. And you know it was just like. Nah, I'm not. She's like, "Are you sure?" And I'm just like, "Nah, I'm Filipino." And and that was like before the game was about to start, you know. And I was just like, "So, I mean, like that whole thing where it's just like, you, like you said, you you are who you're playing with." A lot of my teammates were. We had like three Asian dudes, but the majority of them were black. And um, it it, it was just kind of like, I, I totally relate to that. I totally relate to. To, to people I, I didn't I didn't want to to be a fugazi I didn't want to like try to claim you know but you are who you are you like what you like and and as long as you're as you're trying to be real about who you are who is anybody else to say you know what what is and what can be for for your expression so um the two people know, you this booked whole- on the show was black. Yeah. Well, and, and then Eric too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, tie in. But he's the degenerate right. bastard that I badmouth, so <laughs> he doesn't count as a person, so fuck him. Right. <laughs> um Yeah, man. Uh, so so I mean for for Jeremy, I I I don't know. I'm not I'm not the biggest Jeremy Lin fan per se, but I'm I'm always on his side. I guess I you know there is that thing where you you always got to root for the guy that that's just trying to be himself, man. And people are trying to put him down on it and it's like he's just trying to be himself. He's trying to find himself maybe or he's trying to just express himself. And and who's anybody else? Everybody has their right to that, man. I think a lot of people also forget that this guy is expressive physically. He was playing around with like a punk style mohawk for like a little bit so him hair play is 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 integral to him being expressive right maybe yeah nobody said anything about that no because it's because it's it's punk it's it's gutter trash people and it's a white scene yeah so no one gave a fuck about that but you know i'm starting to think there's way too many minorities are becoming too sensitive and there's definitely, from what I've seen, both Japanese and Chinese being overreactive and being overly sensitive. And then you have the brown people like Filipinos and Mexicans who are willing to either point west in case of the Filipinos or the Mexicans. They just don't care enough. Like if, hey, if you grab our fucking our, our taco wrap, flour or corn, go ahead, use it. You have other shit to fucking figure out that we're trying to fucking eat here. You know what I mean? Because it's like, look look at the Los Angeles taco scene, right? 
That that guy Kevin Garrett, the all flavor no grease guy from Watts. Mm-hmm. Couldn't that be classified as cultural appropriation also? Dude, look at <laughs> look at the Wu Tang Clan. Yep. Uh, that's that for <laughs> if you're trigger happy, you could uh, that could be considered cultural appropriation. But the Asians, specifically the Chinese, were like, "Oh no, it, it's it's homage." And for people who understand context, like I like to say, uh, the plug went to a listener. If you're a Wu Tang Clan member, hey man, you're not biting someone's style. You're paying homage and utilizing your concept. You look at the black exploitation scene with like movie making. They fucking love Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee made movies about like the Chinese dog being oppressed by the Japanese. And then they incorporated that with black exploitation. So like for like the white rappers who are terrible rappers, it's not like blacks back then were really good at their kung fu moves. You knew it looked like it was fake. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it let's talk about hip hop. All of that is born out of like grabbing a musical notes and melodies it's called sampling. What where 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 is that? Look look at Lord sorry to sound like a 90s guy but look at uh, Peter Guns and Lord Tariq they sample from Black Cow. When Black Cow found out about it, all the sales went directly to them. <laughs> yep. So, so how is all that? that money? That, yeah. So, I think all minorities right now they're like in this new phase where it's like, okay, I can speak out, but you're forgetting to think because there's this immediacy of the internet, Instagram, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, react, 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 don't think, and. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, dude. I, 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 I. If anything, there is that that whole immediacy of react first and and express first before you even think. You know that whole Twitter clapback, whatever it is, and and I, mean, I understand the sensitivities of things where you know people see some appropriation and, and, and something that the home of, you know, if like if, if a, if a black guy can get sweated about, about having dreads where, you know, somewhere they are and, and, you know, you see a black guy with dreads and, and they, they have an, an image that other people portray them as, whereas, you know, you see a, a somebody else wearing it and they don't get the same kind of reaction of course, you know, they're going to be sensitive about that, but it's a new age too, man. We've, we've seen so much, like you said, we've, we've all been affected by the hip hop culture and sampling. And, you know, this is, this is part of society now. And, and, and if, if one culture is, is going to sample from another, I mean, that, that's, that's how we, that's how we move forward. Uh, did I ever tell you guys a story about the urban NPR hashtag when I was telling one of my friends about this podcast. I don't remember the the content, but I remember. I think it was Tony Asar who was asking, right? No, no, no. Uh, it wasn't Tony. Uh, it was my friend Jeff May. Because, okay, go ahead. Uh, when I when I rejoined this podcast, uh, I was talking to him about it 
at a show, and I remember telling him, I'm like, yeah, I have my own pod, or I'm on a podcast too. It's called Plug One Two. Um, and he goes like, what's it about? And I was going like, well, it's kind of like urban NPR. And then like before I continue, he would like stop me. And he goes like, wait, are you doing it with black people? I'm like, no, it's two Asian guys. He goes, "You so you mean it's black NPR without the black? And I'm like, yeah. And then like it did, it, he was just like trying to make this joke about it. And I'm like, dude, can you just let me explain? Like it's it's a stupid joke. Like I don't want to like, but like Jeff and I are still cool. It's just like the thing is, it's like, the fact that he tried to how to make that joke, I was just like, oh God, eye roll. Yeah, and and um, okay, the very little of what I can remember in my forty-two-year-old brain. Do you guys recall me showing you a picture of someone saying that we were culture vultures on IG? Yeah. They were like, yeah. oh yeah, plug one too. You guys are ripping off De La Soul, and what I mentioned to him is like, actually, no, that you're using a trigger. Um, reaction because it, actually it's homage because I was actually in my 20s in the 90s so I actually saw De La Soul I felt that movement grow I was and I was also part of Good Vibe Recordings which was the last standing dope hip-hop label that had Bahamadia, Slum Village, Dilla so and then I just blocked them because it's just it wasn't worth explaining anymore and I understand it's been mediated like urban is taken as like for blacks, but really to simplify the urban term, it's a reflection of a town, right guys? Meaning like LA or right. Yeah. Or even, even parts of like Hong Kong or whatever. I mean, there are, there's urban everywhere around the world. And, and you know, whether you're talking about a look or you're talking about, a kind of walk or a sound or whatever. I mean, urban can be interpreted as anything. And, 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 and the fact that, you know, and okay, there is a, there is a, a, a stigma to, to, to react, Oh, black or whatever. Sure. You know, they, they are, they are definitely the, um, uh, founding fathers of urban culture, you know, but at the same time, it, it has evolved to so that you know there is urban culture everywhere around the world. So I found this uh, webisode on South LA's African American taco movement, and ironically, it's an Asian girl putting African American uh, chefs on the map. It's completely the inverse of what's going on with Kenyon Martin and. Um, Jeremy Lin, Miss O, Jeremy Lin, right, and and Miss O is part was formerly with Hot ninety seven, and that chick is a staple in hip hop and urban culture, specifically in New York. So let me play this bit. In California, people break rules, right? I'm gonna sell the tacos that like my mom making the house: lettuce and tomato and cheese. That's it. That's a black homemade taco. The way we rap, the way we look, the way we dress, everybody takes our culture. So why can't we do the same? Even just that one part where that blogger, Aisha Hollins, I do believe, said it. It's like, everyone's taking our culture, so why can't we do the same? I think that's the wrong mentality already. And to use this in, in my rant earlier, in my defense, that's exactly it. They, she openly admits that they're taking other people's culture. Here, let me play it again. Uh, here. Do Chinese tacos and... 
Lettuce and tomato and cheese, that's it. That's some black homemade taco. The way we rap, the way we look, the way we dress, everybody takes our culture, so why can't we do the same? If they can do Chinese tacos in the San Gabriel Valley, why not African-American tacos in South L.A.? <laughs> we get that, that editor was brilliant because they first gave like a nice video audio piece about stealing cultures and then Jonathan Gold, the renowned, revered uh, food critic, Jonathan Gold says like, hey, if if Chinese people are using the tacos, why can't black people use it? And and I feel like it's the same thing with the hair. Why not? It's celebratory. It's it's homage. Why not? So is is Beyonce dyeing her hair black or Guapale, who I really respect as a soul singer, can't cut her hair short and then dye it blonde? Yeah, man. The whole the whole look of things. It, it's funny too that you brought up Beyonce. As I was thinking that too, and and uh, any player, you know, I mean, I think it's funny how it only goes in one direction. You know, oh, it's not the same if they're dyeing their hair. Why, you know, or you're wearing colored contacts. What's the what's the point of that? You know, you you have blonde hair, blue eyes, and you're saying you're not trying to be what. <laughs> you're not trying to be like you know you're from the Swiss Alps or something or what? I, mean, I don't get it. So why why can it only you know no one said anything about those uh, about those instances. They kind of just said okay, well that's they're allowed to express. But when it goes the other direction, oh now we're stealing, you know, or now we're taking culture. I I, I just maybe that's my trigger. I. I- do you guys think it's a, it's a case of just like what I was saying, like maybe it's a product right life cycle of reaction? Let's say reaction is the product, right? So now there's the internet. Now this is just so their nouveau reach, their new money. So it's like react, 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 race bait, race bait, race bait, race bait, race bait. You know, and and I've said this before and I'll say it again. The most comfortable in their own skin um, and who are non-paradigmed in themselves are like chicks who train in Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu, who spar, not just drill, who spar. Like these chicks who fight, because they fight, they physically utilize their body and hurt other women and men, right? They're so like over it. They don't even need to be like, oh, dude, what about women's rights? It's like, well, motherfucker, I am doing women's rights. Yeah. I'm I'm striking people. And 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 I feel like I don't know if you guys um see any people who train in jujitsu or martial arts on your timelines on Facebook and Instagram, but they're just very like praise jujitsu. I, I, I love training. They're never like a woman is empowered, the female is a shooter, the female is tying a belt, the female is fighting. You know, it's not like that at all. Right? Or at least maybe uh, I, the impression I, I you guys the, get. Well, the impression I get also, too, I think that's also something that has to do with uh, someone training in, in, in those kinds of arts. You know, whether it's a, a, a striking art or, or jujitsu or whatever, I think it's just that whole focus on that. And it, it, it there's just no time to worry about all the other nonsense or, you know, other kinds of expression the, the fighters that I follow or whatnot, they're they're showing their training regimen. They're showing the time that they put in on the gym and 
and you know hitting the bags or sparring with somebody uh and i don't see anything else and i think that's probably you know the passion and they don't they don't really care about you know trying to be something else other than the best fighter they can be right it's funny sorry zach go ahead i i I was just thinking about like uh I was thinking about it not too long ago on Instagram like why does workout video like why do workout videos on Instagram all look the same where it's just like the same like do you know what I'm talking about like where it's like we have to have like this one person that's like doing weights and like the cameraman's like coming up at a certain angle while they have like rap music playing or like that certain like top 40 song playing right. the same thing over and over and over again. And the same thing with, uh, what Jay was saying with like fighters, like I feel as if every fighter has the same type of video where it's like the same type of workout. And yeah. Yeah. And, and here, here's to lock down both of your points, including mine, uh, in regards to your reaction, Jay, cause it's about jujitsu, right? There's no need to worry about everything else. When this shooter did that whole Las Vegas Festival massacre, I mean, it's another radio show, but I'm going to say it like this. A lot of the topic was pertaining towards the act, not the race and who was shot and who was the killer. You know, so... Agreed. Right? So it, it it really is a case of just focus on the issue, not the personal lineage first. That, that's what I'm getting. Like, uh, did you hear about that CBS executive that got fired for her tweet? Exactly. Great follow-up point, Zach. Please enlighten the yeah. audience with what, what, what took place. So the tragedy happened on Sunday night. Uh, the following day, a CBS executive got fired because of a Twitter or like a tweet that she left on Twitter that said uh, she didn't have any sympathy for the people who died because most likely since it was a country music festival, uh, there are white Republicans anyways. Huh. <sighs> Made it about race, right? Right. And the and, thing is, is like, again, like what you were saying, it could have been timeliness. Like if this was in June, it could have been EDC. So it could have been like all a younger crowd listening to tech music or like uh, industry uh, stuff like that. You know, if it was like uh, if there was ever a rap event, like a huge like three day weekend festival, like it could have been shot there, you know, so it could have been any crowd. There was a movie with I forget the name of the Bo Derek. I think we spoke about this before. I think the movie was called 10 and Dudley Moore was in it. And she was like in the Caribbean. So (laughs) Bo Derek, you know, there's a slow-mo running at the beach fucking shot there of wide of her running in braids. And one of the first things that uh, at that time, part of experiencing the tourism is they offer a braiding service. So you can be part of us you can kind of experience the culture. Right? Wasn't that what, what that yeah. was in the 80s? Or am I wrong? I, to- I totally did it. You know, I, I, we went to Jamaica uh, after our, our, uh, our graduation in high school. And, um, yeah, a couple of us Asian brothers 
<laughs> went down to the docks and got our hair braided. I was one of. I mean, I couldn't braid my hair. My hair wasn't long enough, so they just, they just like twigged it all up. My hair was all twigged up for you know a couple of days, and I came home with it. You know, it was just like uh, after like two days, I took it out. But you know, I had some friends. You know, uh, they had their hair. They had their hair twi- uh, braided. That some of them were lo- was long enough. Uh, you know, it's just part of the, it's just part of the things that you do out there. It's just like you know, you're in the you're in the resort and you're just kind of baking out in the sun. It's like let's do something else. Let's get her hair braided, right? So it, it was more like a sharing experience, right? It's not like a robbing experience, yeah. right? Yeah. So here, so here, Definitely. you know, I'm, I'm really my ass is really chapped thinking about that guy on IG. I know we've played this before, but this is like. Plug one two was derived uh, heavily because of homage to the struggle of hip hop and being counterculture. Here's like audio of one of the best hip hop documentaries ever, more complete than any that I've seen today on Netflix or anything else. This was done like in the late '90s, early 2000s. It's called "And You Don't Stop: 30 Years of Hip Hop," and here's how it opens up. DJ AJ. 149th Street and Jackson Avenue, Robert E. Morehouses. I should plug my extension cord into this lamppost right here, run my 100 foot wire all the way across to Morehouses Park and rock the house. Where did this come from? How did this start? I think it was the aspect of the park jams smashing open the base of the streetlight and plugging in to the city's power. It was like, yeah. Because, you know, the thing was, where are you going to get the power? So the fact that we were kind of taking the power was hot. So essentially, you know, everything in radio at one point was just corny and stupid. And our, our counterculture is to talk about in depth, like our first um, half of our first show on Island Block and on Track Life was about black culture vulture, ironically, right? Because yeah. it needed to be talked about. And I hope people appreciate that perspective because it's coming from the non-black perspective. So hopefully it'll make people think. But yeah, it's it's... One of those things, man, I think this shit's played out, but it may take a while before people just realize like, man, we're all, we just, just source where you're getting it from. And I think the source shouldn't be offended anymore. I don't know. Yeah, Uh, that's, and I think that's just education. That's just learning you know, uh, it's it's not books. It's not all of that stuff. It's just living with people next to you that don't look like you and don't eat like you and whatnot and trying it. And and I don't know. It, it doesn't get more raw than that. You know, whether or not you like it afterwards, at least you, you, you say that, oh, I've seen it, I've tried it or whatever. But before you even start saying, oh, I own this and I own that and they shouldn't be doing this. Just open up your world a little bit first, man. I mean, that's, I think that's as much as you can do for yourself than to just go out and judge or go out and say something like these people here saying, you know, oh, they can't, they can't wear, wear dreadlocks because they're not black or you can't wear 
braids because you're not black. You know, just people are sharing their cultures with everybody every day. Zach, do you mind playing the first portion of the recording with uh, Sports Nation, Michelle Beatles part? Yes. All right, cool. Borders. Yeah. And- like if I showed up with like if I if I showed up with braids on Monday because I like them they, and I you. feel great when I right. have them, right. I would get killed. Thank you. And my question is, but why would I get killed? I'm clearly not doing it in a mocking matter. Yep. I'm clearly doing it because I think I look awesome and I love them and that's what mm-hmm. I want to have. But but it's it's inevitable that if I, it's the one thing I don't understand and I'm. Glad this particular situation sort of ended the way it did, and I love it. Yes. I, by no means did Jeremy Lynn mean it. But in a bigger scale, like, I'm that's a thing. I'm, 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 Cultural appropriation is... So here's the one thing also that we forgot to mention. Kenyon Martin had Chinese tattoos in his forearms. <laughs> so we, we forgot to mention that. So, and, and, and thanks to Michelle Beadle, you know, it's like, th- this is going to be a problem, but... She's just adding light to where what us three we've been saying. It's like, dude, it's just homage, man. It's just having fun. You're taking it too fucking seriously. And then Zach, do you have the second audio piece that uh, Marcellus Wiley said? Yes. Thanks. It's a fine line. Humble brag to the side. I'm about to humble brag. I had a yacht. And it's a big- <laughs> That's not humble. Jerry Jones. That is not humble. Jerry. Oh, man. Jerry Jones. Make it rain, baby. Make it rain. You know what? I didn't feel just comfortable having a yacht. I wanted to wear a polo and boat shoes. And and I went in. And don't you know, one of my boys got on my yacht and said, why are you trying to look like you white? And I was like, what the hell does that mean? And I know what he meant, but I didn't like the fact that he meant because that. Because you like the outfit. I mean, I like the damn yeah, outfit. Right. I gotta go through the but, history of it now. But that is totally different, though, than the examples that I talked about, though. Well, yeah, but yours was because somebody was attributing it to the wrong person. If you're doing right. it because you love it, you just there should love be it. no Jeremy Lin loves yeah. Anywho, I wear tabs in my yacht. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's a hell of a close. I thought that was a really healthy discussion they had. And, um... <laughs> I guess we'll comment on the final, unless if you guys have something to comment right now, we'll play one more audio bit, which is on Jimmy Butler appreciating the Chinese NBA fans. And and I think it, what it comes down to, to summate the episode, is on lo- a lot of what uh, Jimmy Butler's saying. And Zach, let me know when you have that ready. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, as much basketball... You know, as much love of basketball that they have over here and seeing any and everybody's jersey, whether it's mine or MJ's or one of my teammates, whoever it may be, they just love the game of basketball. They know so much about it. And think about this, when our game's on over there, they got to stay up to the morning to watch it. That's how much love that they have for the NBA sport. And, um, and they're fans of myself and of KD or whoever it might be. Uh, that's a lot of love to, to take time out of your life, out of your busy schedule to stay up or wake up early and, and watch an NBA game. Yeah, this, this has been a really fun week for me over here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he listed his jersey, MJ's jersey, all of his teammates' jersey, but not Jeremy Lin's. <laughs> I think it was recorded at a different time, but that's okay. Oh, okay, but you're meaning to tell me they also have NBA teams go to China. Yep. And, oh, the NBA forgot to leave the most marketable person to go to China. They for, they seem to have forgot to invite the Brooklyn Nets, who also are the team that have the sole contract rights to Jeremy Lin. China. 
China. China. Dude. <laughs> Have you, dude, I, and, and I don't, I went to Hong Kong last year or I don't know. Yeah, last year and went to walk by a park. You know, they had like a gang of basketball courts. I, I mean, it's they probably had about full courts. They probably had like 10 full courts. And and there, there were a bunch of people playing, but dude, those guys cannot play basketball, man. <laughs> like they, they, they're like geared up and whatnot. And, and and I was watching them play, and you know, I mean, there's there's a couple that could that could shoot or whatnot, but the general player there, it, they were just so stiff, and they were just so like you know they couldn't really move in the ways that that. You, you, when you see people playing here, I guess generally in the parks, uh, nor, normally move, and I think there is just something about that where you you you're you're a fan of the game, and yet you you still you know you you want to play it, you want to participate, and you still aren't aren't very good, but they still do it, man. They love it. I mean, you, all of those guys out there were having fun. They weren't, you know, they just weren't very good. And I don't know if it's a, if it's just one of those things where they don't have the expression, you know, the freedom of expression to 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 move in in those kinds of ways. But um, I don't know. I, I just know that they all look like they were having fun, but but they weren't very good at at the game. Dude, uh, dude, I, I, Zach sent an Instagram video of Filipinos playing in a basketball court, and one third of it was flooded. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's how maniac. That's, that's how maniacal Filipinos are, are about basketball. They play in in slippers on like two dollars <laughs> slippers, dude. Oh man, the best one that I've seen is they're playing in in like a little street or alley or whatnot, and one guy is in charge of the basket, and they're playing on like a small basket, you know, like with a small basketball, and they're shooting. They're shooting on the basket. The guy has to run to the other side. So that they can play on a full court basketball, but the basket because they only had one, dude. That's love, man. Um, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but when Manny Pacquiao played in uh, his uh, Filipino league, and uh, more sorts award for the got- Filipinos. Great, go ahead, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, that ex NBA player went over to the Philippines and he got cut for making fun of Pacquiao. I forgot who yeah. it was, but I remember that happening. Yeah, man, dude. Daniel Orton. <laughs> but it was just so funny because here he is bagging on like the freaking biggest person in the Philippines for going also playing basketball. And Pacquiao only played like four minutes. He only made like a free throw and missed all of his shot attempts. And so Daniel Orton was like, this is a joke. And like the, the people like the top administrators in the league are like say like, uh, you don't make fun of Pacquiao. That's like if we come to America and make fun of Martin Luther King. <laughs> sure. Especially like going to Memphis, right? Specifically, yeah, <laughs> I think Pacquiao also owned that basketball team. Exactly, yeah, he did too. Yeah, he like drafted himself. <laughs> uh, first draft, no offense, me. <laughs> no offense, huh? No offense, no offense, huh? Me. What's what's that Sasha Baron Cohen film uh, where he's like the Arab leader, like the Dubai, the dictator, I think. the dictator. dictator. That, 
there's like that one scene when he's in a race and he starts like firing at people's <laughs> kneecaps. Yeah, he's like <laughs> all of his opponents <laughs> move the finish line up to him. <laughs> 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 but, but, but yeah, man. I mean, I, dude, I think people just need to relax. You know, after all, basketball came from Canada. Asian Unfiltered on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.